It is August 29th, 2022. This is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a home before dark broadcast. Oh, broadcast. You switched it up. That's a I did. And I think that's just because it's the second time today that I've touted having a broadcast journalism degree and not using it at all <laughs> in my daily life. Monday night. Not every Monday night. I'm back, guys. I'm back after a week off. Um, I am Tim Herb. As always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Mr. Kevin Bradley, over on the other side what of the up, screen what from what me. Up, what up. If you guys are watching live on YouTube, if you are, make sure that you hit the subscribe button, notification bell icon, hit the um, the like button, smash the like. I don't know if that's still... I We need to start chopping these up in one-minute YouTube shorts, start playing the just, algorithm. Yeah. I can't even get the audio up from a whole episode, much less chopping up an episode, Tim. I still well, owe everybody the audio from last week or two weeks ago episode mm. when uh, Kendrick had to fill in, which speaking of which, uh, Kendrick and Joe already in the trap. Uh, shout out to you guys, Kendrick, who lovingly stepped in for me whenever I had a power failure during the last recording. So That is what um, we call a trap all-star. For sure. That is a trap all-star. Hey, sure. uh I know you're sipping on bourbon tonight. What do you yep. got? Michters? Uh, Atlanta win, so Atlanta bourbon. I did some uh, Ooh, old fourth. Nice. Um, so I have, I don't know if you've had this. No. Coke is it, Dream. Is it just as terrible as that cherry blossom LaCroix? Yeah, probably actually worse. I just had it in my. It's the only thing that I had in a can in my fridge to crack open during the intro, so I had to do it. It's Coke Dream World, and it's like if somebody just dropped a handful of Skittles into a Coke Zero, and just let yeah. it let it flavor it. Yeah, it's it's like very, the Key Lime Lacroix. Those are good, dude. That's the Key Lime Lacroix is just Skittles in Lacroix form. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the Lacroix flavors that like. There was a meme that was going around. I was like, "Sat on the same truck as Skittles" is the name of the flavor. <laughs> it's <laughs> like it's like whenever you leave peppermint in your Christmas candy and it just ruins everything. Or a banana, <laughs> like you leave a banana with any of your other fruit, or leave oh, it in the fridge. How about you say when you leave a banana in your Christmas yeah. candy? I'm like that never happened in my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, I never got a banana. Dur- what in the trap? Or tweet us, tweet at us on the tweeters at home before dark that's b the number four um what is the worst thing that you ever get we're getting close to halloween right we're we're a little over two months away but what is the worst thing you ever got as a kid as an adult as a teenager whatever in your in your halloween candy bag potatoes you got potatoes no i'm joking (laughs) oh boy oh boy I was going to say, that's terrible. The only thing I can think of is in Enterprise, Alabama. Shout out Southeast Alabama for no reason other than, um, you know, family from there now. But um, Oh, toothpaste. Those are the worst kind of people. 
There was a oh. lady around the block for, uh, from us for the four years that we were there, gave out little brown bags of probably popped the night before popcorn. She's not doing it on demand. There are a lot of kids in that neighborhood. So she's. it's not like she's – and you know popcorn doesn't stay – microwave popcorn does not stay after it sits on the counter. I don't know though, man. I got some movie theater popcorn from two weeks ago that I'm still eating. That's gross. That's real <laughs> gross. I remember as a kid, like if we didn't eat all the popcorn on the counter, like it was left out on the counter overnight or something like that. And I came back to eat it the next morning. I was like, this is so bad. I like and it was it. like, it you always had to film. Not, yeah. You can just keep like tonguing <laughs> at it for the rest of the day. Whenever it's stuck it just doesn't teeth. crunch. It, 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 it just exactly. it doesn't dissipate. Peanut. Yeah, it is a packing packing peanut at that point. Yeah. What is the worst thing? Joe Johnstone, Elliot Beaven, Nathan Explosion, Kendrick Brock. What is uh, – Joe already said toothpaste. That's terrible. Unless it was mentioned. Joe Johnstone coming in hot, giving shit about us not meeting up yesterday. Tim, what time did we get to our seats? Um, After kick, right? Right after kick, like there yeah. was no time for a meetup. There, there, there was no such thing. Also, there were no such plans. It was if you make it in time, let me know. Okay, well, we didn't make it in time. Didn't let you know. Sorry. You can thank the train that was going through the Ruby lot that had us take a That's twenty exactly minute detour to get to the freaking stadium. But it's good to know that there is another entrance to the Ruby lot that we could start taking. You know, in three years when I go to a game again. Thank you again, Kevin. Took me to. Mercedes-Benz Stadium yesterday for the first time since 2019. And I have to say, it was weird, but it was fantastic. Well, at least it was uh, one of the few games we've won this season. So there's that. Yeah. Yeah, not just that. So I guess we can go ahead and get into it. But um, the, the fact that we came back not once, but twice, and didn't just get a point out of the match and got a full three points out of it, I think speaks volumes and hopefully is that turning point that everybody's been waiting for, because I'm so sick of every week being like, that was the best we've played all year. I know we didn't get three points from it, or I know we lost, but that was the best we've looked all year. But now it's like that second half. And honestly, in the first half, we had a lot of good chances in the first half, but we looked good yesterday. Granted, we were playing a pretty bad team. But the worst team, statistically speaking. God. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All the goals were headers. That was my talking point for tonight. Elliot Beeman's already jumped on it. But yeah, all the goals yesterday were scored on headers. All of Atlanta's goals, anyway. Finally, to get on the other end of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. But also give that up, right? Did but we yeah, give up, was, did we uh, have one header yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, their second goal was off of the header. Um. Yeah, man. I mean, it was a fun match to go to for sure. The first first half was a bit of a snoozer. Um, overall, I think Sadich was the only real breath of life that the team had, offensively yeah. speaking. Um, in the Which first is half. saying a lot because he's like he's supposed to just be like a, like a pace setter in the midfield. I feel like he's not really the one pushing the pace and attacking. He's more like yeah. trying to stabilize that midfield the best he can. Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, you know, the fact that we couldn't get on the end of one in that first half um, was a little disheartening. I mean, you would even say Aruju's August, month of August was pretty rough, in my opinion. You know, I think that 
for whatever reason, just his performance has been lacking over the past couple of weeks. And I don't know what if, if, if it's the blonde hair, maybe it's throwing off his inner ear or equilibrium or what it is. But um, yeah, the chemicals. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, so the first half, bit of a snoozer there, but still not seeing Joseph start. What do you read into that considering the effect that he had coming into the second half? My my hope is what it produced. And what I mean by that is I hope it was like a means to get him motivated to really like recapture that that starting spot. Because, you know, you and I talked a good bit yesterday um, and we could probably get into it a lot, chop it up with like roster moves and that sort of thing, because, you know, we kind of just fly off the cuff and start talking about stuff not related to stats and all that. But like I look at yesterday, we were talking about the fact that, you know, and I'll just go ahead and throw it out there. You don't want to, you don't want us to hitch our wagon to Ronaldo Cisneros because he is an opportunistic striker, but has had a lot of maybe not lucky but fortunate bounces roll his way or just like scrappy goals in his favor. And you look at that and the the half that he had, you're right. Like I looked at yesterday, the performance that he was putting in with what you were saying about I don't know what he does really well. I don't know like what stamp he really puts on the game, and I was like. You're right, because it's really just this tenacity. And that's the only thing I think we can... He's a situational striker at best. His one shot on goal comes off of a situation that arises because Caleb Caleb Wiley has a less than great first touch that just happens to fall down in front of him. He takes a shot on goal that just glances right of the right post. But it's not like... There wasn't any sort of consistent build-up and play where Cisneros is giving you what you're hoping to see out of a starting striker, in my opinion. And I don't think we've really seen anything like that out of him throughout his tenure as a starting striker in this lineup. Yeah, he's streaky in a way. But the the, the weird thing is his streaks are really like, again, just like scrappy, rebound, like they're – what we used to refer to playing FIFA in college as clusterfuck goals or cluster cuss goals. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of what like pinging around the box or like just getting on the end of like an odd angle and like whipping that in. But I mean, Brittany says, wow, that's how y'all really feel. I mean, <laughs> but she agrees. anybody in the trap, tell me what is the standout uh, metric or the standout factor for keeping Cisneros as your starting striker. What is it that he brings to the table that you think makes him your starting striker going forward into next season? Like, cause I just I don't, don't know what it is. I don't know either, but the thing I will say is he's young. Yeah. He's got, I, I, I don't think he in a league where you have three designated players in a league that really relies on you outscoring your opponent, as opposed to shutting your opponent down because we don't have the salary cap to have great defenses and great offenses on the same team. I think that's just the reality of the matter is like, you can't waste your, especially if you play a single striker system, you can't have that single striker, not be a DP and not be a crazy impact player and be like a power vacuum or like whatever, whenever he's um, or magnet or whatever, whenever he's on the field, that said, I think that, I don't know that you say, I know this is a different topic. You were asking about Joseph moving forward, but like, I think that 
is a guy you could you could look at bringing off the bench moving forward and developing because yeah. he's still young. But he's Joseph- a utility striker, right? Like he he's a utility player. I think he certainly has a role to play. But to your point, in a league that you really need at least one of those DP positions to be filled by that striker, I don't know that I'm willing to pay DP money to Cisneros. I'm just not. No, no, you know? no, no. I don't and know I don't how think you build. It. I don't think you can build an offense around Cisneros. You know, I don't think that there's. I, I don't dislike the guy, but he's not bringing enough of what you expect to see out of this lineup from your other marquee players like Aruju and Almada and, and these other guys, you know, I'm just not seeing it out of him on any sort of, you, you know, his hat trick, he's got a hat trick game and he's got a handful of goals, but none of them are consistently building up to chance creation or, distribution in any meaningful way no i agree with you and and as it goes back to joseph i really hope that if what we saw yesterday granted like steven perales and the trap said dc united's defense was awful all caps awful it might have been a good confidence boost for him but also you looked at the way that it like the game the paradigm just completely shifted once he came in um and yeah i mean hopefully that is like the turning point. I don't know, dude. Like, I don't know if it's, if it's fitness, if it's just, and not even fitness, but like his, I guess it would fall into that same bucket, but his ability to go a full 90 on his knees, not like his lungs. Like, I think, whoa, we're not wanting to risk him. Oh God. Inappropriate. Yeah. No kidding. Um, I don't know. I, that's how you win the locker room. (laughs) Yeah. Your ability to go a full 90 on your knees. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm just glad you're here for that sort of stuff, man. Like, you catch that shit, and it's just... Uh, keep me on my toes. Oh, man. Keep me on my toes. Um... No, but I mean, I, I hope it's motivation and I hope he like got back into that starting picture because when you got mama on the field, like yeah. we did yesterday during a good chunk of the second half of the, the the game completely shifted because of that. And I don't want to steal it from you, but like you were saying, they like they just look so much more comfortable out there together. It lit a fire, man. Like it was like all of a sudden you're you're hitting the snooze button for the entire first half and then joseph comes on and it's like it's a completely different team like everybody plays different whenever he's out there on the field you know it's just and of course the first goal is a big it's a big motivator and and it gets people it gets the people going but i mean it's there's something to be said about just the work rate that everybody seems to produce. And I think that that's really the biggest argument for Joseph staying is just what he manages to, how he manages to elevate everybody else around him. And then as, as a result, I feel like he thrives in that situation that much more as well. Right. Like he, he's getting into those tight spaces. He's getting on the end of balls. He's, creating goals you know i I feel like it was great to see him in the lineup for all of those reasons yesterday 
again, goes back to the discussion of like, if he, if Pineda doesn't see him as a, a starting striker week in and week out, do you keep paying him DP money? I don't know that you do. And I don't think that we can buy him down unless he takes a huge salary reduction, but that's to be, I guess, determined in the off season. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it ultimately comes down to what the, if you, if you're buying into what, if you're buying into a manager and backing him fully, like you have to, you have to back him fully. And if he doesn't see Joseph as that, that talisman for the team, uh, um, if he doesn't see him as that talisman as a team in a league with only three designated players, um, I don't, I don't know why you would continue to pay him that kind of money and have him take up that spot because, you know, I started thinking about. I didn't. I didn't really give it much thought until you just said it. But I've always been of the mind like, if you're not scoring goals as a lone striker, you probably shouldn't be in there occupying a spot in the eleven. But if, if you're if you're motivating others to score yes. those goals, that's huge, dude. Yeah, and if you're somehow creating that like vacuum in the midfield or not in the midfield in the box to free other people up. Maybe that is worth it because you, you saw it yesterday. I mean, you give him any space, uh, granted they gave him a lot of space on that, that cross from Brooks Lennon, but he's going to get up. He's going to put the ball in the back of the net. Like he's well, still going to go for it too. Like yes. that's the thing is like the, the second chance he has on goal that Aruju gives him the opportunity that um, Ochoa comes out. And I forget who the defender was. They both closed it down, but Joseph takes a one touch on goal in that moment that just glances off of the defender, but otherwise is going in on frame. Like other players aren't taking that shot in that moment. I don't think consistently in this lineup, they're taking an extra touch. They're trying to lay it off or whatever. Like, and I think that there's something to be said about the rest of the, the team that they know that if they distribute to Joseph, he's going to take chances. And that's been, that's been a big issue that I feel like the lineup has had year over years. Like, just take the shot. Like, yes, distribute to where you have an open shot on goal, but once it's been created, capitalize on it. And it's like you have players now in the lineup that are starting to to feed on that. And, you know, like Almada at the top of the 18, Sadich a couple of times yesterday, we talked about uh, Aruju who's consistently tried to do so as well. But there's something about J- Joseph being that – vacuum that pulls defenders that opens up other lanes and that again Cisneros just isn't that, that guy he's just not that guy you know yeah I wish we had that sound clip <laughs> not, that guy. You're not that guy not that guy and I and I pinned Kendrick Brock's comment from the trap saying uh, Joseph has the same amount of goals as uh, Cisneros in two less games in a lot less minutes most likely so yeah um yeah it's it's definitely odd to think about moving on but yeah, I I had not given much thought to that motivating factor of just being able to light a fire under the rest of the team, but also having the chemistry with the other guys. Well, that comes to Kendrick's second point, which is that he's got more assists. I think that's the other thing is that, again, going back to like what does Cisneros give you? He's not – He's not scoring goals. He's not, you know, he's not leading the team in assists. He's not, you know, he's not this intimidating guy that's going to capitalize on set pieces with additional height or something like that. He's not the fastest guy on the team. Like I said, I just don't know what that he's a utility player. I mean, it's not to say anything against him, but in a team and in a league that you've got to really be 
opportunistic on your your offensive side of the ball. Ball. I don't know that Cisneros gives you that going forward. I, I, just, and I, I don't. Yeah. And I don't know that Joseph does either. But I don't know what the I don't know what the alternative is right now. So if a, a new president or new man, not new manager, because I think Pineda's going to stay, obviously, but you know, maybe there is another opportunity in the off season to bring somebody in and, and Joseph can still be that player that comes in as a true super sub, but there's a lot of questions to be answered, but at least, like I said, Joseph coming in, it was an evident change in the demeanor of the rest of the team around him whenever he came in yesterday. Yeah. And honestly, I'll take what I can get at this point during the season, just given everything that we've been through. And I, I think your assessment of Cisneros kind of speaks volumes about where we are as a franchise this year with injuries and with everything going on that he's a utility guy that's starting striker for an MLS yeah. squad. So, yeah. Um, so I want to, I don't know if you want to get into other topics, guy that we haven't seen a ton of yet. Um, Mosquera, or as Perales said, Mosquera. Um, he said he's looking dangerous on the left. I wonder if he could do the same against Union. I don't even want to think about. I guess we'll have to talk about the Philadelphia Union game That's later. Be a drubbing, dude. Short put, rest on the road against the top team in the East is going to be a drubbing. Who's just put up another sixer? You were saying this past yeah, weekend. Yeah, I think they're twelve and twelve to zero in their last two matches. Yeah, it's going to be a drubbing. I, I could see that easily being a 3-4 goal loss. I mean, <laughs> it'll be brutal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Mosquera, I think I think he's been good whenever he's come on. But at the same time, like, for me with him is it's like, I, I don't know what his potential ceiling is versus Caleb's potential trajectory on that left side you know i i would i still think that so far caleb wiley's been so promising on that left side particularly with gutman backing him up over there that mosquera i don't know that he's going to do something to drastically offset that i mean he's certainly been um confident on the ball and he hasn't been a liability but whether or not we're talking about lineup changes or that impactful i don't know that i've necessarily seen that per se personally yeah i it's it's tough right i don't know i i love the dynamic that he brings but i don't i don't want to stunt caleb wiley's growth for for that reason so i mean he is a permanent signing right so i mean it's you got to find room for him i don't know can he play on the right side or is he only a left-sided player mascara no clue no clue well um, yeah, cause one thing, and I could bring it to him too. I feel like one thing that infuriated me yesterday, um, I do love the confidence, but I hate the fact that we tried to give that game away, tried to give away two points at the end of yesterday. Jeez. We should have just been playing in the corner and putting our butts to whatever, to the field. Like it's, I don't understand why you don't just kill the fucking game. Yeah. It was it, it almost came down to a set like we were yeah. close to a set yeah. piece ruining us getting a victory at home, clawing yeah. back from one nil, two one. And it's just because guys were glory hunting, and I get it, like, but you're up a goal. You have five minutes left. Kill the match. 
just yep. kill it. Yep. It's just, it's infuriating. That's like some yep. high school shit, I feel like. Yep. Yeah. They didn't write. Like Brittany said, they didn't go in a corner. I feel like it was. There were several people, opportunities that that could have happened. Of all people, Moreno took it and he was being decisive and direct instead right. of like, he, he could have just dribbled it into the corner. Instead, he cut in because they get in their minds like, oh, well, we've put three on him this half. You know, we can, um, you could bring it back. So I don't know, man. It's, yeah. It was it was very frustrating, but hopefully they got a talking to about that. I would hope anyway. You would think so. Yeah. So one of the topics of discussion we haven't had in recent weeks is the state of the back line, I feel like, um, because we have seen some some big swings over the past couple of months. Now, Parada, who's, um, what, got two goals in four games or something like that, three games? Um, no, I think he's got – he has three goals, right? He has right? three now? Sorry. Um, I thought it was – I thought he had just gotten two. Um, but anyway – you know. He has three three goals in his ten matches for Atlanta United. Yeah, so you've got Parada, who's capitalizing on both sides of the ball, which is crazy to me that we've got two defenders that are consistently challenging the uh, score making opportunities or abilities of the front line between Parada and what Gutman continues to do over on the left back side of things. Um, it seems like every game one of the two of them are getting into a position to either score a goal or assist on one time and time again. So, um, but on the back line side of things, I feel like Atlanta, if you're going to be without miles Robinson and George Campbell, I think is probably in its best position that it's been all year. As far as the roster that you've got back there with uh, Gutman, uh, Parada and uh, Franco. But what do you think? I would love for Gutman to not be a center back, not be. I I I like him so much better going. I mean, he still he adventures forward a good bit, but yeah. It's no, I it's you. I don't know, man. Like, it seems like we have good players back there, but why are we still giving up so many fucking goals? Right, right. Well, again, it's because Franco can't mark his man consistently. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, how many times is how many times have we conceded goals, and it's because Franco's lost his man? Yeah, too many to count. Yeah, too many to count. But I mean, he guess I guess he scored one yesterday. But but Parada, I don't. I think Parada has definitely been. He's definitely bolstered the back line. But I think the the main question marks to me, or main question mark to me, is still Alan Franco. Because when he shows up end of last season after, I think it was, was it end of last year? I'm losing track when he just showed out really well. It might've been after Pineda took over, but it's just taken him so long to get going this year. And I still feel like he hasn't gotten there. Is it weird to you that he's got the captain's armband? It is. Somebody mentioned that earlier. I think it might've been Kendrick. Yeah. Like that seemed who, really odd to me. Who else? But you think about it. Brooks Lennon yeah. probably yeah. should have gotten the armband over Franco. I don't know who else would have in that lineup. Yeah. No, you're right. Because Moreno didn't start. Joseph didn't start. Yeah. No, Almada right. is too too young. Too, yeah. Hasn't been with the team long enough. Same I don't know. No, you're Gutman, right. Gutman may. Nah, because he's, this is no. his real first year playing for yeah. us. Um, no, you're right. Sosa, I mean, Sosa's a shout too, but he's been out of action so much this year. Maybe that's yeah. the reasoning, but um, 
<laughs> Goatman. Uh, Goatman. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Kendrick. Yeah, same thing. Lennon. Anybody Anybody but Rocco. Andrew yep. Schultz. Little Andrew Schultz in the back. Um, I don't know. Any positives really outside of what we talked about that stick out from or stick out from yesterday moving forward, especially going into Wednesday, going into Philly. Ugh. Yeah, I think that I think the big question mark is going to be what, like you said, this defense that is in its best from a lineup standpoint that it could be with the people that you've got out, but that's consistently conceding goals. And I don't know what that leads into against top team in the conference on the road and what that looks like. So um, offensively, maybe we've got enough firepower to go into a shooting match and, and maybe we come out on the better end of it, but I wouldn't, wouldn't count on that. Um, They've only given up 20 goals this entire year. Yeah. That is 10 goals better than the next team. That's That's crazy. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely crazy that they've only given up 20 goals this year in 28 games. They've played 20. They've played more matches than us and they've given up less than half as many goals as we have. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That's pretty, that is, that is depressing to think about. That is a depressing statistic. And not just that, but they're like the third or second best uh, scoring team in the league. I think they're. How about the fact that Inter Miami is sitting in six with a minus 10 goal differential right now? Talk about like a turn of events for that team. Just like turning the corners. Like, I mean, Pozuelo's. Did Pozuelo end up getting red carded for that? Did you see that Nigel DeYoung kick that he gave? I did. I did. I don't think he en- did. He end up getting a red card for that. Mm. Yeah, he did. Okay, he got a straight red for it. So he's going to see at least what, like a two, one game suspension, if not three. I don't know if that would count as um, violent conduct, but I mean, they're definitely a team on the rise. I mean, they lost to uh, to Red Bulls this weekend, but um, yeah, let's look at that playoff picture real quick. So what does that look like? It's Philly in first, Montreal, then NYCFC, then Red Bulls, then Orlando. Look pretty solidly in the playoff picture. Yeah. I mean, Miami and Columbus are certainly – I mean, they're certainly on the outside or on the cusp of being outside looking in considering there's only – what's crazy is there's a three-point cushion separating – fifth from 12th basically like that's there's a lot of stuff that can still shake out in the last what eight games of the season yeah in the way toronto is playing since their italian renaissance um have they they just they keep winning recently so i think they're a team that you have to look out for in that seventh spot even though they're a handful of points out from there because we have what we have seven matches left this season so it's between eight and six matches left for the rest of the East. Yeah. So a lot can still happen. Cause you're talking oh, about yeah. it's like 18 to 24 points that we're looking at in, in terms of potential. <laughs> the problem uh, is we've got Philadelphia, like we've got all of our, or half of our over half of our remaining games are those teams that are like 
solidly in playoff contention. We've got two games against Philly, um, one against NYCFC, one against Orlando, and then one against Toronto, who, like you said, is is on the rise. So, um, yeah, the rest yeah. of our the rest of our season looks fucked. I don't think we're gonna make the playoffs after looking at that. I don't either. I don't either. It's not looking good, man. It's not looking good at all, especially because even our, our Western opponent in Portland, it's, I mean, maybe we could pick up a win there. They're kind of having a similar season to us this year, it seems like. Um, but yeah. That's just tough, man. Like we dug ourselves too big of a hole this year. Like I, I think we, we talked about it yesterday when we were thinking, you know, we, we might have an outside shot of the playoffs and I was thinking that all day today. And then you just bringing up the rest of the schedules. Like how did I not even go bother to look at what we have waiting for us the rest of the season? Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen, man. I just, I think that of those seven games, at least four of them are probably going to be losses. Um, Oh yeah, you, you would think so, right? The two Philly games. I think Toronto we probably lose, and then NYC Orlando NYC. probably. Or I mean, NYCFC at least is without Castellanos anymore. So that's true. That's true. Yeah. So I don't yeah, know, it's, man. It's not good, dude. But at least the season will be over before the holidays, so we don't have to. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Good grief. Um. Yeah, yeah I don't... it's tough. It, it's tough. I, I just, and I don't know what all the answers are right now because there's so many things up in the air. Um. the The, the hardest part is that I see moments of like what could be right. Like there's there's games that it's like, man, that was a tough loss because the team did absolutely everything the right way and it just didn't fall your way. But then. When that's consistently happening, it's like uh, I just don't know. I don't. It, it, not, it, it can't all just be unlucky, and it can't all just be injuries, right? Like there's something that just isn't working out with either the the tactics or the lineup or something. I and mean, I don't know what that is because individually, you should have all the pieces in the roster right now as it stands to right be winning games outright week in and week out, at least more than not. And it's like the team throughout all, I mean, they're not even a 500 team this year, you know, like that's, that's what's that's if, if at least the team had is maybe just outside looking in, feel a little bit better, but it's like I said, it's just, it's tough, man. And I just don't know how to make heads or tails out of it. I don't whatever, either. You, whatever you go through. I mean, what was it? It's been since 2019 since this team has had two consecutive wins in a row. Like what the fuck? I just don't know what. Well, let's, no, let's break it this, this Wednesday. Let's break it. Uh, unfortunately, Dan's not with us to give us the Dan load. So, um, well, the only insight I have is I think we're completely screwed against a team that's dropped consecutive six six zero matches, yeah, or six zero wins, yeah, that's... yeah, yeah. Let's just hope that the team can scratch out a draw, and at the very least, let's hope the team makes it out healthy, and we don't sustain any injuries along with a loss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Because Lord knows we're good at that. I mean, do you think we'll see George Campbell reinserted into the lineup? I don't know. I don't. I haven't. He was on the bench. He was on the bench yesterday. So maybe, maybe he gets some reps on Wednesday just because of it being a short week. Um, I think somebody else asked the question: Is do you see Joseph maybe get a start Wednesday with the short week? Yeah, yeah, I could see that, especially coming off scoring a goal. And like you said, I mean, I'm sure Pineda saw the the mentality completely change whenever he came in. So hopefully we see yeah. that too. It's just tough. I don't know if we don't, we don't have, I don't think we have that squad. We're not that guy to go in on, on a Wednesday night in Philadelphia to beat the best team in the East. I like Kendrick's optimism. Um, you know, it's the play to your opponents, right? Like Atlanta could potentially go in and steal one. Like Philly comes in, like we're playing a team that, had to scrap to win against the worst team in the East at home. And they're, you know, struggling. They're coming here on a short week. We're clearly top in the East. If Atlanta can come in and maybe assert themselves early, who knows? Yeah. It's, um, I don't know what the ACC equivalent of it is, but it's like playing uh, Mississippi state on a Thursday night in sec. It's a trap game, right? It could be an absolute trap game. It's the Clemson loss to Syracuse, man. Yeah. It's a trap game. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Or, as Patrick says, regression to the mean. So, I mean, there's potato-potato. True, true. Fancy-ass doctor language. Um, And I don't – did you happen to see this this uh, T-shirt that Will Bowron – I did. Uh, New York uh, Times bestselling author Will Bowron uh, shared with us? The Arby's shirt? Uh, yeah, hold on. Let me share Pretty it. Pretty incredible. Um, uh, yeah, we need he. I'm calling his bluff. He better order. He better actually order these for us. For those I, like of you the, are, I like the baseball tee, man. Uh, it's pretty dope, except for the fact that baseball tees never fit right. They always fit like shit. But for those of you who are listening to the podcast, Will Bauron uh, tagged us. It's a limited edition shirt that says, uh, I'm not afraid of hell. or I'm not afraid to go to hell. I've eaten at Arby's. And it's uh, it's got a skull like this. It just looks very like sinister and like kind of 80s like, uh, power metal. Like, I was going to say, it looks like album art from uh, what's the- Iron Maiden. No, what's the band that we listened to in high school that uh, had you the gotta song? You got to be more. About... Huh? I said you got to be more specific. No, I was getting there. <laughs> they had the songs about the orcs. And oh, yeah. The... Three Inches of Blood? Three yeah, Inches it's... of Blood. That looks like a Three Inches of Blood album cover is what that looks like. You're probably not wrong. It probably is. I'm pretty um... sure. <sighs> I'm pretty sure that their album that was out during yeah. Yeah, those yeah. years looked um... exactly like that. Yeah. Go to. Go to that um, Advance and Vanquish album cover. Like the color palette in that is the exact same as that shirt. Oh, for sure. <laughs> oh, for sure. Kill the orcs. Destroy the orcs. God, what a band. What a time. Wow. What an absolute time to be alive. <laughs> Going and watching guys uh, sing power metal about, or go play power metal songs about fucking killing orcs and oh man yeah pretty great in a like a 30 maximum capacity of like 50 people uh bar in 
Shout out New Brooklyn Tavern, where dreams are made of. No kidding. All right. Well, I don't. I don't have a lot to say about the Philly game. I don't know if I want to end the podcast forty minutes in, but um, yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, it's like the problem right now with this season is it's like what is there to talk about? Even it's like Beaumont's on the field, still the same organizational structures. Still the same. Uh, we're not going to keep talking about how maybe Joseph will be here next season or not. That still I remains to be seen. Can't like, keep up with the next supporters group um, drama because I don't. I just can't. I don't have the energy for it. Um, I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah, there's not a lot. Kendrick asking who's going to be cut at the end of the season. Uh, you and Dan just talked about this, didn't you? Yeah, probably. Like I said it's always the same. It's always the same shit. Give me your five that you think are going to cut off the top of your head. Emerson Heinemann. I don't think we can count loanies because those can just be terminated. But Emerson Heinemann. Fuck. Dom Dwyer. But he might be out of contract. Um, Alex John. I know I'm kind of taking the safe route. Very much so. Yeah. Shit, man. I don't know. Yeah, Mikey Ambrose. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I can name five players off the top of my head that will get cut. Heinemann, Josetu, Guzan, oh, yeah. Martinez, and... Kenwin Jones. <laughs> Chris McCann. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Josetu's a good call. Yeah. Oliver, Oliver Shannon. Shannon, yeah. Shout out Oliver Shannon. <laughs> Working at the chip down the road. Uh, he probably still listens to the podcast. There's no chance. He, he still follows us on Twitter, so hopes, no hope is still out there. There's I no hope chance. I hope Lagos Kunga is doing well. That's what I that's what I hope. No kidding. No kidding. How are the twos uh, doing? Dude, I have no idea. Um I have no idea. Let's see. Probably dead last. Thirteenth out of fourteen. All right consistent yeah but to be fair they weren't really beat built to compete they're more built to be a development team so i mean like we're 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 just ahead of new york red bulls too and we know new york red bulls too produces hella good um mls players so oh but that that 42 that minus 42 goal differential is not (laughs) that is some rough goings right there my friend yeah i don't even know who's on our roster right now other than andrew carlton's little brother that um, was the beginning of the end i feel like for season ticket like incentives it's like hey we're gonna give you tickets to atlanta united two games <laughs> you know actually i take that back he's not even on i thought andrew carlton's little brother was playing for the twos i don't i guess he's not will almada leave on a transfer from la Beaven? i think so yeah, I think I, we'll, do too. I think we sell them. I think we sell them big, big money. Um, I don't know that we'll get as much for Aruju that we want, but Almada, I think, has had the performance in his tenure here that he could come and go really quickly. It's a big enough sample size for European teams to be yeah. like, I like him. We yeah. can, we can, we could take a flyer on him for like twenty million. Yeah, and um, I legitimately think he will go for more like i mean barco's is barco coming back he's only on loan right now 
Um, oh, it'd be hilarious. Yeah, it would be pretty hilarious. But um, yeah, I think that he'll probably, I think somebody in Europe will snap him up. Um, yeah, we have some pretty decent young guys. I mean, Kendrick letting me know, letting us know that um, Andrew Carlton's little brother's in the academy. He's not playing for the twos okay. right now. Gotcha. But we got Efren Morales, um, Justin Garces, who I think maybe still has a outside shot to come in and play keeper for the senior team at some point. Um, I don't really recognize the other game, the other names. Is that Mejia, Daniel Mejia, David Mejia? Conway's still playing with the twos, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. It's. Uh... Well, I do have one thing that we could talk about at the end, which is everybody tomorrow is a very special day here for the Humble Four Dark family. It is your very own Tim Herb's birthday. So make sure you blow it up wherever it can be at Tim Herb on Instagram or at Home Before Dark on Twitter. That's before spilled being the number four, which is pretty great. What is it? I turn I turn thirty five tomorrow. Pretty crazy, man. Still no got a head full of hair. Look at that. <laughs> like I'm sitting here, not even thinking about other people. I'm like, I really need a haircut. It's like, it's getting out of control. Woo. Mm. Yeah, Goes quick. Um, now I'm getting the gray in the beard. That's where things have been going on my end. So, dude. Oh yeah, same. I mean, same here. Like, I mean, the the one benefit to me growing my hair, even the least bit long is that it hides some of the grays because whenever i inevitably get the fades on the side it brings all the grays out um <laughs> and they're they're starting to grow by the uh, by the plenty um kendrick asking if we're having a party at an arby's with a play place i don't know do those exist and if do they play do, places even exist anymore i don't know i don't know which is crazy that that was such a common place for us growing up was the was the play place in all the fast food restaurants like i can't remember the last time i saw a play place in a fast food restaurant probably chick-fil-a i feel like the one in tucker was the last one i don't even know if it's still there but the one on hugh howell and 29 i think had a play place at one point but aside from that granted i don't know that i've really been I mean, as a parent now, I should start. Yeah, it's probably for good that you places. don't know where all the play places are around town. That would be real creepy. What if I was right. like, no, there's a play place at this one, at this one, at this one. Right. Me now, as a parent, that's probably normal. You, <laughs> you knowing where these play places are, other than Hippo Hop or Catch Air, where you may have been to a friend or a relative's kid's oh, birthday so party. Funny. That yeah. is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> just start listing them all off. Oh man! Now we got that newly renovated chunky Chucky e. Cheese. Chunky e. Cheese. <laughs> you got the you got the knockoff Chucky e. Cheese up there in Lilburn. We got the Chunky e. Cheese that just got into town. You mean Chucky e. Cheese? No, it's Chunky e. Cheese. We got that <laughs> fat rat. Oh, it's <laughs> where is that from? The knockoff rats was that Aqua Teen Hunger Force? Was that the knockoff Chucky e. Cheese? No, yeah, 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 where they went for that birthday party because they were yeah, to exactly. Birthday party song song there, yeah. Uh, yeah, Patrick saying Kevin has a few more years where he couldn't go to couldn't go to McDonald's because of the play places <laughs> in the court order. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I will be um, partying hard tomorrow and working in the office. So I hear you. So there's that. Yeah. 
Other than that, I mean, Kevin, you had a birthday last week. Was it last? I guess a week from last Friday. So yeah, yeah. I guess you guys would have recorded by then. But yeah, we recorded that Monday. Um, so you that guys Monday should have before. been wishing Kevin a happy birthday. Nah, 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 nah. <sighs> Well, but anyway, thank you guys for hanging out with us. Like Sam said, shorten it up yeah. at this point. Um, we've both had long work days, and that's why Dan isn't here because his is still going on. So Dan um, is still working, he is still yeah. on site. Yeah, yeah. So um be sure to show Tim some love tomorrow. Like I said, happy birthday, man. Um thank you. And uh yeah, we'll see you guys next week. If you want to hang out with us offline. Uh, we're at Twitter at home before dark. That's before spelled being the number four. I promised to get up the, the late episode from uh, when Kendrick was on with Dan a few weeks ago, try to put that together with the extra few minutes here tonight with us ending early and get that up on uh, all the audio podcast subscriptions. And thank you guys so much. Like I said, and we'll see you next time as always be home before dark. See you guys. about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.